Welcome to Tool Talk, the weekly podcast for Toolaholics, where all your DIY, home improvement, automotive, and tool-related questions are answered, and your need, physical need to talk tools is completely served. And now, the host of Tool Talk, Chuck Cage and Sean O'Hara from Toolmonger.com, the web's first tool blog. I'm Chuck. I'm Sean. And welcome to Tool Talk, podcast number 40. Today is Friday, May 16, 2008. If you'd like to give us a call, you can call us at 866-718-9403. That's 866-718-9403. You can also email us at ckage or s.o'hara at toolmonger.com. Uh, we do have a sponsor of sorts for this podcast. We would like to say thank you again to Skill, who donated some tools which we used uh, to build Bob the Giant Dinosaur. Yeah, some badass jigsaws and a few, uh, or a sander, a drill, and just, just uh, hooked some us great up stuff. entirely. So uh, thanks again to Skill. And uh, without further ado, let's jump right into the top, top five. five. And uh, number five this time was a preview of Hitachi's new pneumatic staplers. Yeah, these things are, uh, Hitachi kind of made a break, and, and they do this every once in a while. As I understand it, some of their staplers or some of their uh, nailers actually do this already, but they broke away from the crazy green alien striping. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody, and it's so funny. You know, it's like you love or hate that stuff. Yeah, I'm actually kind of a fan. I know, I know, but and, and I actually think it looks kind of cool, too. But But I can see why you wouldn't. It is off-putting for a lot of tool guys. Yeah. I think a lot of them are kind of like, look, I don't want that much thought going into the style. Yeah, does it nail? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think, and, and it's, it, you know, it's funny when you really think about it, there's no reason that you should expect that because it's stylish, it should not be functional. Right. I mean, they are completely separate issues. Well, yeah. And uh, these are, these new uh, staplers coming out are uh, solid, uh, solid metal all the way around. There's no rubber grippy stuff and, uh, uh, there's a little bit on the handle, but other than that, it's uh function. It seems to be pretty popular these days though. Well, I can't really argue with it. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> if you drop it off a roof, I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying it's, it's probably going to be messed up anyway. So who cares? <laughs> well, anyway, uh, it seems like a positive response from this. I mean, yeah. It'll, it's, uh, a lot of people already are big fans of Hitachi pneumatics and these are going to run about 380 bucks a pop. So, uh, you know, we'll see how they go. Wow. Yeah, cool. Uh, let's see here. Number four was the uh, whole saw slug problem. Ah, uh, yes. And uh, J.R. Blewett, tool tester extraordinaire, uh, joined us relatively recently here at Toolmonger. J.R. is with us today. Hello, everyone. And uh, we thought we'd bring J.R. in to talk about this a little bit because I think J.R. is the one that sort of had this joyous Got stuck problem. with it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, J.R.'s drilling uh, a zillion and a half holes with these hole saws and decides to drill one out of a two by four. Well, you know, we were testing the uh, the quick change for Bosch, and uh, yeah, I mean, we wanted to find out how fast can you uh, use them for one, you know, are they good quality hole saws? And then we also wanted to see how fast you could switch between the uh, the different sizes with the quick change set. So and, uh, how quick is it when you have a plug of two by four stuck in there? <laughs> um, well, getting to the new hole saw, <laughs> pretty quick. <laughs> what if you want to reuse the old one? Mm, your SOL for a little bit. <laughs> I got some great uh, suggestions on what to do instead, though. I mean, I ended up using a drill and a chisel, basically, but uh, got some great uh, suggestions. The easiest one is just take... Uh, a uh, bench vise and two more screws. Mm -hmm. Screw them into the end and uh, pull up on the hole saw. 
That sounds pretty easy. Yeah, that kind of works, doesn't it? That's what you do next time, I take it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if there is a next time. <laughs> Who am I kidding? There will be a next time. <laughs> if you're working here, there will. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this this worked. Uh, it, it's kind of a one of those problems where you just you don't even think about it at first because you're normally drilling out of, like, three-quarter or half inch or, you know, something like that. And these hole saws didn't happen to be that deep. The cup was only about an inch and a half, two inches deep. And, uh, you know, like just about you the know, depth like of a, a two-by-four. Yeah. So, exactly and uh it, it worked out so that uh you know the entire all the uh slots on the side were filled and, and <laughs> you're like huh scraping at it with a screwdriver oh, yeah. on the side you know it's like it, it took a minute or two to get that in there and it was hot when it did it so uh now it's i'm sure contracted and uh stuck real good so that that had to be fun. Yeah, it was a little extra work. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite suggestion was the guy who hit it with a torch to expand it to get. Oh yeah, and you're thinking, yeah, but you know, there's some collateral damage <laughs> that comes with torching your hole saw. <laughs> yeah, it's just maybe it's, not the you know. Well, if they used to, I mean, if they're like these Bosch cups, man, they were uh, they were used to be pretty and white, and you torch that sucker. Now they are pitch black and you know not as sexy but you know whatever works. i mean wouldn't it be easier if as long as you're you know using fire to just burn the wood out of it i mean well yeah uh, you know it's Probably funny smell real good that's the nuclear option <laughs> yeah mean, you know it's funny though i totally uh i don't know if you've ever tried to remove uh bushings suspension bushings Mm-mm. in a car hmm. i mean they can be really crappy i mean really bad like you just can't get them out sometimes. And and I know that one way that a lot of people like to approach that is to burn them out. Literally <laughs> wow. just set them on fire with a with a propane torch and just burn them out, you know. I've never been a fan of that. I always thought, you know, there are other ways you can do this. I mean, yeah. you can get creative with a press or, you know, make your own press or, you know, there are all kinds of ways you can go about it. But <clears throat> I have seen numerous people do that. Wow. And it always so Does it I, work? Yes, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it the 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 polyurethane or whatever the hell they are burns at a lower temperature than the metals. So yeah, you can burn them out. I mean, your your suspension arm looks like crap when you're done. Not that you really look at it a lot. I mean, <laughs> well, sure, it's tucked up under the car, but you know. Yeah, I was always concerned too that you would heat treat the metal and do something bad to it. But I mean, a lot of people do it, and it 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 works. I just, I mean. You clean it off, I guess, when you're done. Probably smells real good as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, neighbors <laughs> love you for it. I mean, hey, at least the good thing with the uh, two-by-four, the pine smells good burning. <laughs> that's, that's true. It was fine. No, Much no, better than polyurethane. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Probably is messy, too. Yeah, I personally am not going to do that. No. Either way, actually. No. But, you know, I I had to bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> Number three, ah, uh, yes, a maglite with a side of beatdown. Yeah, this is essentially a handle to make it look like a, a Tomfa oh. or, or a billy club, and, <laughs> or a, a maglite look like a, a billy club, and it's about what you'd expect. It's If you've ever seen the handles on the side of drills, you know, uh, this attaches about the same way, and it screws in, and it's got some loops <laughs> over with, and uh, you can, like, do some crazy nunchuck, you know, club, thrashing skills you know for 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 any of you who've trained with one of those clubs and know how to actually use a club with a stick on the side of it meaning almost no one that's going to use a mag light yeah 
<laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's basically for dudes who have mag glides. Who's like, I need to thwack something, you know, and and uh, the the regular way is not good enough. But for for twenty twenty five bucks, you can have this plastic handle. You know, well, you know, it's funny. I you cannot ignore the beatdown perspective on mag lights. You can't. I, mean, I swear that's half the reason people buy C and D mag lights. I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. I mean, I had a D mag light that I used for a while, and um, I'll admit I I used it. <laughs> on whom? <laughs> it's a long story, but. <laughs> And it and and not nearly as interesting as as not telling it makes it sound. <laughs> I also drove nails with it one time. I'll see. There's there's useful stuff. Yeah, it's not really great for it. I mean, the back of it is kind of curved a little, so it's hard. You got to hit the nail pretty straight. <laughs> but hey, I mean, if you don't have anything else, um, works okay. Yeah, yeah. I've talked to uh, a bunch of people in the security industry who. <laughs> Who uh, who are unarmed. are not allowed to carry a club? Yeah, are not allowed to carry carry a club or a gun, and this serves the purpose of both basically. So everybody's running around with a three or, or four C or D cell mag light, you know. And uh, a lot you know they of them used are, to make a six. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's got to just be a big club. It is. I mean, it's totally impractical as a light. There's no reason for you to be carrying on like a, a two and a half foot long flashlight. I mean, it's just, it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, but, uh, man, surprisingly enough, a lot of them have uh, beat-down damage on them, so they are used like that. So I, 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 It's so weird, though. Every time you talk about flashlights, somebody is always like, but can you beat somebody down with it? And I'm thinking, do you really need to? Do you really want to? You know, is, yeah. this, is this high on your list? And the answer is yes, whether people actually do it or not. Beat-down ability. Is uh, high on their list. Yeah, it yeah. is. I totally. mean... Totally different from those shake lights. <laughs> <laughs> you know that Black & Decker that's in for testing, the one, uh, you know, the, the... The vampire light. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, you know, I guess high beatdown ability. I mean, yeah, if you could get it swinging, I mean, it weighs Well, if you like... could move it fast enough and somebody <laughs> held still, yeah, you could brain them to death with Kind of like it. a rock more than a <laughs> baton. But... It's like yeah, smacking I mean, it's... somebody with a boulder. It's got the charger and the battery and everything right in there. So, yeah, it's <laughs> Probably weighs heavy. like 10 or 15 pounds, man. I mean, it's just like, it weighs about the same as a jug of milk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like hitting somebody with Which big... is about seven pounds. Yeah, a big plastic... Right in metal jug of milk you know if you can swing it that fast somebody's in trouble you know <laughs> we should probably include that in our flashlight <laughs> comparison test. yeah you know beat down ability which is so stupid because nobody's actually going to do it but hey you know well yeah it's a buying factor well maybe not as much with shop lights as it is honest to god flashlights you know like there's i i, I kind of there's a kind of a dividing line in between there, like lanterns and and some of the the some of that kind of thing is a little different than something like a cylindrical type flashlight flashlight, you know. But uh, maybe that should be in there because <laughs> some of them do qualify, you know, from boat anchors to you know <laughs> whatever you got. Well, I mean, I I don't think that a low beat down ability score necessarily means people aren't going to buy it. I mean, I don't care <laughs> for a different job. But hey, you know, I mean, we might as well include it. And alongside the dusting vampire ability. Yeah, right. You know, that one could ban the lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, do not. It has a trigger guard. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. 
Anyway. Uh, number two, Erwin's line marking tape measure. This is cool because it doesn't use any graphite, right? Right. It's also cool because you don't need a third hand to mark stuff. Ah, good point. Uh, you can, you can, uh, and sometimes if, if the, uh, the tip is, you know, secured or something like that, you don't even need a second hand. <laughs> uh, you can just, uh, extend it out and there's a, a little, you know, uh, nub underneath the, uh, the bottom of the tape measure and you just move it back and forth and it makes a mark for you. Uh, which, so is it like a scribe? Um, yeah, kind of. I mean, it's just, it, it'll draw a little line or you know make a little line it's for huh. rough measuring i mean it's not like super within a 64th of an inch <laughs> you know measuring but if you need to something to be you know pretty much on the mark so you can grab a, a cirque saw and, and cut it off then yeah this works great and you, you don't need a third hand so uh interesting you could do it above your head you can do it i mean all that stuff and it works you just push the tape measure down into it and and off it goes it's got a little bump at the at the uh front of the the tape where the uh the tape actually comes out so it it's right there so it works out fine does it mark on anything i mean will it mark on metal wood, wood. basically yeah yeah that's hmm. that's the forte which is handy i mean it's it, not it doesn't really catch me but hell i mean our readers voted it into second place carpentry guys have. i would bet good point this would be handy framing. I, yeah framing yeah where you know if it's within an inch it's fine it's close enough <laughs> yeah framing guys are picking up their phones right now <laughs> bastards <laughs> yeah. but yeah i watched the guys frame the house next to mine and i think if they got it you know within a foot it was fine <laughs> they'd fix it later they'd pull their hammer out beat the crap of it <laughs> yeah. beat it in and shoot about 25 nails into it and move on yeah wow and it turns out fine, you know, which is the funny part. You're like, huh, how's that work? But for the most part, you know, it's about 25 bucks for this thing. So, you know, nice. About like a tape measure of that size. Right. Right. Uh, number one was perfect punch placement. This is that optical center punch, right? Right. Right. It's got, okay. This sounds cool. This did turn me on. This is awesome. Uh, yeah. This has a, uh, a nine X magnification, like little vial. And, uh, once you make a mark or, or something like that, you can get right down on top crosshairs. Oh yeah. A little, little itty bitty cross. I mean, you can get within, I think it's like 0.02. It was 002, two thousandths yeah, of an inch, two thousandths of an inch. You wow. know, that is mark. accurate center. Punching. Yeah. Okay. This, this is not for speed. It's not for show. It's for accuracy and uh you pay for it it's like 60 to 80 bucks or something like that but it's pretty cool if you need to be dead on uh which you know you're talking thousands here that's it happens yeah that's close enough it happens yeah. i mean when again you, not for framers when do you need that kind of accuracy actually you know if you were drilling in metal which is where you're using a center punch most mm -hmm. of the time and say you had two pieces that lined up and you needed two holes to line up in each of the pieces um and you were going to put maybe say a rod in those holes, you know, that would, and you wanted an accuracy, you know, to a couple of thousands. If your center punch was off a little, your hole would be off a little too. Got it. So whereas wood would maybe flex or give a little, metal's not gonna, you need to be that accurate. Yeah, or less, right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, my guess is primarily machinists would be interested in something like this. Mm -hmm. Um I think it's pretty cool. I mean, using a center punch, even just a crappy center punch, is a good habit, actually, mm -hmm. all the time. It makes drilling with a twist drill a whole lot easier. Right. But uh, this kind of thing kind of exceeds the ordinary. Sure. 
<laughs> yeah. I've never seen one, so it was a new thing for me. I had neither, so and it, it comes in a little case, and you got the little vial and a little punch, and it's like, wow, okay, cool. we've got jr here we ought to talk about tool testing this week because you know we've been saying for a while that we're going to get around to kind of wetting you in on some of the details of the testing or more you know more than we necessarily put in the articles and this week uh, you get three uh, tool tests which is awesome uh, the first one was the uh, husky five and one drywall tool right right and this thing was really controversial in that it's it's really caught some crap as like it's kind of like the the Edsel you know it's one of these things where it wasn't really a piece of crap car you know right. Edsel it's just that once it started getting the name of crap things went downhill yeah it just became the crap poster car right you know sure and that's sort of how this works I mean Popular Mechanics listed this as one of their ten worst multi tools or ten worst. Gadget. It was 10 Worst Gadgets of 2007. I think that's a bit harsh. Yeah. I thought it was fun that other things on the list, one of the others on the list was Microsoft's Zune, you know, the iPod <laughs> competitor. Yeah. 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 And uh, it was really funny when I went looking around and I saw all these, you know, Zune fans saying, well, at least it's not as stupid as that five-in-one Husky tool. <laughs> and <laughs> I I think this is somewhat undeserved, you know. Uh, long before we, we, you know, we had it, in for testing and it kind of sat there for a little bit because we had a lot of other stuff in for testing and then uh one day uh sean and i were actually putting in some uh in-wall speakers in my house and uh like crap we need a saw and we need a rasp and so you know i run out to the shop to get one and i'm i look and here's the husky five and one i'm like well this looks fine i grabbed that and threw it in the bin with some other stuff and we came back we ended up using it some yep and uh, the rasp is really good. I like the rasp. I like the fact that it, you know, the, the way the corners are on it, it makes it real easy to square off. And JR, you found the same kind of thing testing. Yeah, I really did. Um, in fact, reading some of the reviews like uh, Popular Mechanics, um, it seemed like what they were looking for was a, uh, uh, you know, a drywall bag in your pocket. And it's just not quite that. Um, the rasp makes for square corners, which is really useful. And then, uh, some other parts about it are, are pretty nice. Um, one of the things that I liked that isn't even, you know, advertised on the packaging is it's the right shape for cutting exactly to depth on, uh, drywall. Good old standard. I forget what it is, but the standard stuff. Right. You know? And I guess I think part of this comes from the fact that it's unwieldy. You know, yeah. it's very wide 
and it, it doesn't fit comfortably in your hand as a necessity with the rasp, I think. The right, rasp right. Is, is as wide as it is so that you can cover the drywall. And I don't know if they really grabbed a hold of it a lot to see if this was really going to be practical, sticking a uh, razor knife in the middle of that and seeing how that works. So I, I don't know. I think that's where everybody gets kind of upset about it or where it gets its bad name. Yeah, I think it depends on how you look at it. And and maybe this is a marketing problem for Husky with it. Sure. If you're, you know, if you're looking at this to be something that you'll happily strap on your hip and use whenever you're doing drywall. Yeah, it's not a Leatherman. No, no. Huh. it's not. It's not even really a, a classic multi-tool in no. the sense of, I think, Treating it like a multi-tool is almost... You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of those Allen wrench sets that come in a what looks like a folding knife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't do that so that you can easily carry all your Allen wrenches with you. You do it so you don't lose your damn Allen wrenches. Exactly. You know, that's the point. They put them in those for home kits, tool kits and stuff, because you can't manage to lose them. Right. Well, I think this is kind of like that. This, to me, shouldn't be targeted at pros. I mean, no pro is going to carry this. No. I mean, <clears throat> you just wouldn't. No, no consumer would really it's fugly. carry it. Yeah, either. it's it's not the the it barely fits in the stupid package they give you with it. Carry thing they give you with it. Yeah, which is almost useless. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not going to use it that no. way. Mm-hmm. I think what it does succeed at though is serving like those Allen wrench kits for home tool kits. You know, it's one of these things where if you were just say some homeowner and you wanted to install some speakers or you wanted to, you know, cut a hole in the wall, square hole in the wall, or you wanted to patch a hole where you needed to cut and adjust a square hole you know or something like that this would rock yeah i mean you could pick this up and you would have everything you need to do basics there are other tools don't get me wrong that can do each part better yeah well sure but you could pick this up and you could pick up a half sheet of drywall and you could come home and patch a hole yep you know or you could use just that to install speakers and we did. We did, actually. Yeah. Well, that's not true. We used Irwin's razor, uh, knife. razor knife because the razor knife is awkward on it. Yeah. But you could have. If we didn't have anything else, we could have happily used it. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, the cost on it is, you know, what you would spend individually for a high-quality tool of any one part. What was it, like $15? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so I personally, I think that, uh, you know, my professional recommendation... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> such From marketing infinite guru. drywall experience. Yeah, and and marketing guru that I am. If I were Husky, I would take this thing off the market, wait about six months, give it a different name, lose the holster, and put it back out. You know, with yeah. something that is targeted at homeowners. Yeah, sure. Because you know? this would be a great homeowner tool. You can get better stuff, but hell, I mean, I just I like the idea of of being able to say, yeah, grab that, grab some drywall. You know, grab a patch kit, you're done, whatever, sure. as opposed to, okay, now you need a drywall rasp. Do you know what a rasp is? You know? Mm-hmm, no. Mm-hmm. Do you know what a drywall saw looks like? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> you know? It's like... Can you find it. your razor knife? Uh, I think so. Maybe. You know? Yeah. I mean, you can you can do all that with this. Now, personally, it's not the greatest. No. And, I know. I, I don't want to... there are several times I pinched my fingers with it, and there are right. several times it was just great, you know, just like, eh. And... But it does work. You know, I, I don't think it deserves a worst of, you know, uh, Me either. label. That's my point. I mean, is this thing, you know. Great? No. Maybe not. No. Uh, but it does work. 
Yeah. And I think there's a definable difference in there. And there is a point to it. Yeah. Which is something that I think that a lot of people missed. They saw it as, what's the point of putting these tools together? I think there is a point. Sure. Uh, maybe not the best way to do it, but. I will also say that a lot of people uh, I've seen uh, on the site were like, oh, you, you have multi-tools for emergencies, and there's no such thing as a oh, yeah, that was funny. emergency. <laughs> and I'm like, obviously, you've never been 16 and put a hole in the wall when your parents are coming up. That is a drywall emergency. Now, yeah. my guess is that at least the people at Husky are probably hoping that isn't their target <laughs> demographic. No, but it might work. <laughs> Plus, you were different than most 16-year-olds. Most 16-year-olds were just busted. <laughs> you would like go down to Home Depot. It wouldn't look great, but it'd be there. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't getting busted for that. But yeah, I mean, there's 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 that kind of thing but uh i just thought it was funny it, it, i don't think multi-tools are for emergencies uh, that's another part i was going to disagree with because i i think if you look at something like the skeletal the skeletal is a uh you know the leatherman skeletal uh for anybody who doesn't know that's not a that's not an emergency tool that's meant to be carried all the time and do do cool stuff with it's got a great blade on it and stuff so. you know i think what they were really trying to say is that multi-tools are not meant to be as functional as and this is well they're probably not saying that but they should be <laughs> they're saying the multi-tools are not your first choice right you know that that you sh you you should have tools that are better than a multi-tool you know at each particular task but i don't think that means they're just for emergencies i think that means that yeah okay you know and and if you're a pro you're not you're going to have separate tools just like you know stereos back when you used to buy stereos and components and or the all-in-one you know right mm -hmm. it's like you buy the components because you can get the best of each but you know not everybody does that yeah well if you're going to stick it out in the shop and it's getting full of sawdust you buy the component because or the uh the composite one because it's cheap you, you know, buy whatever the hell is on sale. Exactly. Yeah. It will work. You plug it in and it gets yeah, Yours works great, sir. <laughs> it is just awesome. As long as you leave one of the batteries, the batteries. on top of it, it'll play. If yeah, you, that's right. If you need both batteries, no music. Yeah, no music. It's either the CD battery and off. music, you know, or battery and battery. <laughs> It's you know, true. that's how it is. You have to take a choice. Yeah, but uh, if you leave the battery on top of the CD deck, man, there are tunes in the shop, you know. <laughs> the second one that we had this week was uh, Stanley's Fat Max Levels. And uh, these are kind of an update. Stanley's been doing a lot with their levels in the last few years. Uh, last year, year before, uh, the Fat Max Level, Fat Max Extreme Level came out, uh, was renovated. I suppose Stanley yep. made a lot of changes. They were shiny, which was a big thing for Sean. Yep, yep. I had to have them like a bird and something yeah. shiny. Shiny man. things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Flew right into it. And uh, bigger they, vials. Oh yeah, uh, it was it was a cool deal. Yeah, it was a cool thing, and and uh, just just some really good additions. Had a really cool comfort grip in the middle of the thing, and and uh, or off to one side. So I mean, it was pretty cool. Yeah, we wrote about them, and then. Uh, this year, of course, the, the Fat Max, the next level down, has seen some renovation. And, and indeed, you know, you can see some of the things that they learned from the Fat Max Extreme in the Fat Max now. Like, for example, the big new features of it were that uh, in the Extreme, they removed the bridge, uh, the beam across the vial. 
So there's a gap in the beam above the vial, which makes the vial more visible from farther away. Even if you're looking at it from the side, it allows more light into the vial, which makes it easy to see. Right. <clears throat> and indeed, you can put that thing, like, say, above a door, and you can step back 10 or 15 feet, and you can read it, which is pretty cool. Uh, but if you're scribing lines with it... It's almost it, useless yeah, it on one sucks. end. Yeah, kind of sucks, yeah. You, you just can't use the top side of it, you know, the side you care about usually, because the other side's sitting on something, uh, to scribe a line. So uh, they, they cut the middle this time, and they ran the, the beam halfway across. Like, if you're looking at it from the top, one corner is solid across, and then it's open on the rest of it. So you can still scribe a line with it, even though you can see the vial from the side you're looking at, which is cool. Right. Um, they also, on the 24-inch on the models... Uh, added a second handle and the fat max extreme you got two handles on almost all of them 48 inches and up and uh yeah the little one though the little one did not have two handles last time right which is you think at first okay well it's only 24 inches long i mean you don't really need two handles to hang on to it but the problem was when you would slap it up on something you had to do it with one hand right you know and and if you used your left hand or your right hand, you know, you were limited in how you would use it. Right. You'd either have to reach over it or you'd have to, to plan ahead on how you were going to hold it versus how you're going to draw a line. Right. Which was kind of not cool. It's and crap. got yeah, people was, a little frustrated. Yeah. So with two of them, it's, it's neat, you know, that you can actually uh, grab it from either way, and that's kind of cool. Plus, they have some nice new grips in them. Right. Which were kind of hip and everything, but... And comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. And... You know, we used it around the shop. We had them for a while, actually, before we got to, uh, uh, well, what we did with them, which you probably already know if you're a, a Toolmonger reader. Um, and, and they work great. I mean, they're, they're good levels. They're easy to read. They're easy to use. I mean, they seem pretty sturdy. And that kind of got us to thinking, you know. It's like everybody talks about level durability. Our, our levels are so durable. You're like, well, how would you know? Because if you're halfway careful with a level... Now, I'll admit that Mason, people who work with masonry, masons especially, are hard on levels. Yes, they are. Yeah. But like me, Sean, you, Jerry, I mean, we're pretty, well, not you, you're hard on levels. <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. Uh, but, I mean, we're pretty easy on levels. The truth is, is that almost any reasonable level is going to last forever in our shop. Yeah. So we thought, well... Let's beat the living crap out of these things and find out what really happens. Let's keep dropping them till we break them, you know, <clears throat> or a hundred times, whichever may come first. Uh, speaking of durability, there's one other feature that they oh, added yeah, this year, right. uh, which was the extra heavy duty shock absorbing end caps uh, on the end. They the old levels used to have just kind of a little rubber stopper in there, and these are like suspension bridge looking rubber caps things. <laughs> So uh, on either end. Which necessitated the addition of those little red plastic pieces on the corners so that you could scribe all the way to the end. Right. Yep. So because uh, the caps were actually a little bit longer, so there was less box beam to uh, right. to go around. The so they had to, Yeah, exactly. So they had to uh, lengthen those a little bit. But anyway. So anyway, uh, Jarrah went down and, as you've seen on the video, uh, dropped these things 100 times each. Yeah, they bounce on the ends pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and flop around and explode. And actually, they do really well. They did, uh, all of them did well, right? Yeah. Um, actually, the only part out of the two that we tested, we tested the magnetic version and the non-magnetic version. 
the only part that was, you know, a critical functional part, um, that we ended up breaking at all was, uh, the center vial on the magnetic version. Um, I think it was probably a fluke because the one on the non-magnetic is still solid. And I don't know, we probably bounced it another 50 times taking video and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, at least 50 drops as much as 150. Sure. Right. And, you know, and you're still talking about the center vial being in position. And for what it's worth, even when the center vial broke loose, which obviously renders the level non-functional, right. the uh, vertical uh, the vertical vials built into it were still in place. Yeah. I mean, they didn't even look scratched or anything. On any of them. Yeah. Right. None of them. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, there are some drawbacks. You beat the crap out of your levels. Like, I mean, eventually, the pretty soon, the little plastic parts on the on the end caps broke or got mangled to where you can't really scribe all the way to the end of it right and the the plastic that covers the center vial i believe came off in a big hurry yeah but that's just you know making it pretty i mean i suppose if you're dropping it all the time into like gravel and dirt and stuff like that you're you're it's gonna, gonna get junk in it yeah. and it'll rattle right but it'll still work yeah i mean it it doesn't have anything to do with the functionality, <laughs> right? And and even even when the uh, the center vial did did uh, come loose on the the magnetic, it didn't actually come out. It just wiggles enough that it becomes unreliable. Yeah, right. right. Um, nothing really, other than those plastic uh, those little plastic beauty pieces came off the level, uh, except oh, for the, the magnets. magnets. Yeah, yeah, the, the magnets, magnets did. did come out. We one. Yeah. One early, wasn't it? Like five yeah, or three? Yeah, uh, it was kind of weird because, you know, two magnets on the thing, and uh, one of the magnets came out real early, like drop six or something. And uh, I kind of followed the, the rule of it falls out once or comes loose once. I put it back in. Um, by the time I put it back in about 10 or 15 times, I basically throw it away. Um, I figured that was pretty close to what I'd do in my shop. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, but you, yeah, you um, drop your level that many times. Oh, well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if I had something that was losing pieces like that, there'd be a point and it <laughs> wouldn't be 50 or 75. There'd be a point pretty early where I'm just like throwing okay. away the pretty piece. <laughs> um, or of course then the other magnet on the thing, um, lasted till like 72 or 75 drops or something. <laughs> um, and I figure besides the, the magnets, um, the construction is such that, uh, you've got a little hole and, uh, the magnet goes in and it butts up on the back against a solid flat piece. Uh, a little bit of super glue is going to buy you at least another couple of drops. And a good bit of super glue might buy you a lot of drops. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I would start by the method, and everybody knows how I feel about super glue. I would start with a tube, <laughs> and uh, see how much more you needed to add from there. That sucker will not come back out. <laughs> Sean's walking around with his le his level glued to his finger. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! Whoops! <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Those magnets would stay in there, though. That's right. Would. Yeah, by the time you flung your hand around enough to. You know, well, it, it has it has some added skin features. That's what it'd have, <laughs> you know. Wow. Well, but, anyway, uh, very durable levels. Um, I, you know, maybe we can try some of the competitors as well. Yeah. Um, but since they happened to send us a few of these, it was uh, seemed like a good use of them. Easy to bust up. Yeah, and or try to anyway. Yeah, I mean, one of them's still in use in the shop. So yeah, there you go. 
But uh, last this week, um, actually today, this is hitting the site, is... Uh, Passload CF325 cordless framing nailer. Now, this thing is really cool. I, I like this thing a lot for a couple reasons. Number one, once you use a nailer, you really don't want to go back to a hammer for any large-scale, like, say, framing work. No kidding. Um, so if you were to say, you know, need to fix or put up a fence out in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe build, say, a shed or a barn out in the middle of nowhere... This is your friend, and uh, it's it looks it's it's a little bit larger than a standard framing nailer. It's a bit heavier, um, maybe not any heavier than the biggest ones, but it doesn't hold as many nails. No, sure. But uh, um, what's really crazy about this thing is that it's not pneumatic. It's actually powered by an internal combustion reaction. I mean, the way this works, and stop me, guys, if I'm misunderstanding, but. You have a butane canister in it, a fairly large one. Um, And when you push this thing up against something, uh, you know, in other words, engage the safety on, disengage the safety on the front of it by pushing it up where you're going to nail. Yep. Uh, A little fan comes on and it charges this this combustion chamber with a butane air mix. And then when you pull the trigger, the battery on it provides a little spark, which ignites the mixture. The explosion pushes a piston, which drives the nail. And it all goes bang. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Pretty loud. Loudly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the more I think about it, though, the more I think that it's not dramatically louder than a normal pneumatic nailer. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, we've got we've got some big pneumatic nailers here, and that thing is significantly louder. Hmm. In least... fact, we've got another one coming up that we need to test, so we could put them side by side and find out. Yeah, listen, yeah, I suppose yeah. that's true. I mean, we've got we've got plenty of them around. I, I would be willing to bet, even if we got an audio meter, this thing's this thing's pretty loud. Yeah, sounds it like is. a gun going off. <laughs> it does, and and it's I think a little bit more. Maybe you're just desensitized. It could be to the the air compressor so loud and everything. You know those little oilless air compressors that you normally use for a nailer, right. Are so ear bleed loud that by the time you listen to that for half the day, you know, maybe the nailer just doesn't seem as loud. You know? Well, that's entirely possible. This one is just like, bang, you know, yeah. whereas, but anyway, really cool piece of gear. Um, my first question, of course, was how long does the fuel and the battery last? And the answer is probably longer than your arm. Well, the uh, the fuel cell will last for about 1,200 rounds, and the battery is like 4,000, I yeah. think. I mean, yeah. all it's really doing is running the fan and providing a spark. Right. Right. So you get you get quite a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they sell the nails in a pack that is both fuel and nail, mm-hmm. right? So you get like 1,000 nails and a 1,000 nails and a, cell, and a fuel cell. And I think you were saying that it, it works out to around how much a nail? Roughly about three and a half cents. Well, that's not too bad. Per I, nail, yeah. I mean, it is more expensive, and the unit itself is is a little bit pricey too, right? Uh, a, a little bit, but like JR was, JR was saying, um, you're not really buying it for yeah, yeah. that. You're buying it for the mobility. Compared right. to your other options out in the middle of nowhere without power for an air compressor. Right. I mean, well, and even, you know, even if you're going to carry along a tank pre-filled or something like that, you know, say you don't have electricity and you're going to carry around just the tank. Okay. That'll get you a while. That's not a big deal, but, um, the comparative weight of even, you know, gosh, five or 10 of these butane canisters and an extra, um, 
uh, battery battery on top of your nails is not going to add up to the weight of, of even just an extra tank. I mean, you're going to have to carry the nails no matter what. So if you're just talking about the weight of the gun and whatever drives the nails, this is less weight. This is less packing size. Sure, sure. Yeah. It's just cool as hell. I think that the cordless option, I mean, yeah, if you're if you're building houses, you're always going to have power. Um, yeah, normally they, they have an entire truck that pulls up, and it's the compressor truck, and it's right. got a tank the size of my car on the back of it, right. and off it goes. And, it you know, they've got five hoses coming out of the thing, and everybody <laughs> uses it all day. You know, and it's fine. Uh, if you don't have that, this is a great alternative. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, we put a fence, two fences back together with it. Yep. yep. Soon to be a third. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we had a storm come through the other day. I'm like, you know how I can fix this? I know exactly how I can fix this. <laughs> yeah, so, no. So anyway. Yeah, the uh, the nail pack, the nail slash fuel packs uh, run from anywhere from 20 to 30 bucks. Uh, depending on what size you get, it'll take anything from a two to three and a quarter inch nail. Uh, so some heavy duty stuff. Nice. Well, um, I'm trying to think of what else we have for this week. I mean, we had so much to talk about here. I don't really think there's a lot more. Do you have anything? Man, I think I'm good. All right. Well, we'll just get out of the way, and we'll see you next week.